Hello, friends. This is Pastor Brenda Satram standing in for Pastor Doug on the We'll Preach for Food podcast for Sunday, February 19th, 2023. Tomorrow at church, we're going to start with a prayer for guidance recorded by John Michael Talbot years and years ago, a song that I dearly love. Here we go. Most high and glorious God, bring light to the darkness of my heart. Give me right faith, certain hope, and perfect charity. Lord, give me insight and wisdom, so I might always discern your holy and true will. Take a deep breath. If you want, pull your shoulders up toward your ears and then let them drop back down your back. Oh, God, it's good to land in your presence. Please teach us and lead us. Amen. Today we're going to enter the gospel with our imaginations. So as a warm-up, I wonder if you can remember a moment of warmth and safety that you enjoyed once. Maybe near a cozy fire? Or out in bright and beautiful sunshine? Or perhaps the embrace of a loved one? Thank you, holy God, for the warm light of your love, your peace for us. Yeah. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, says Psalm 19. When Doug, but when Doug and I brought contemplative reading of scripture and meditation to a staff meeting almost 20 years ago, our organist wondered if it was New Age. I understood her concern. I still do. Most Protestants leave contemplative prayer and meditation to monks and Buddhists. Never mind that our Hebrew ancestors were blessed to meditate on scripture day and night. Never mind Martin Luther's practice of meditatio, both quiet dwelling in and thoughtful wrestling with God's word, and all of our ancestors and ancients before and after him. These days at faith... Emotionally healthy spirituality and the prayer course offer really solid, clear Christian teaching about meditation. They say, in this busy, noisy, drama-filled culture of ours, there's no more healthy, powerful thing we can do than sit quietly with God in the spirit of Jesus. Pete Grigg writes, let me say this as clearly as I possibly can. Your soul is crying out for a deeper encounter with Christ. And if your faith is to thrive for years to come, if it is to survive seasons of darkness and pain, if you are to know and be known by Jesus in a richer, more fulfilling way, if you are to continue engaging with him when words no longer have meaning, if you are to become the loving person he wants you to be and to see the world the way he sees it, you must make space in your busy life for regular meditation contemplation, and communion with God. You see, Jesus' disciples came to know Jesus by contemplation, by just being with him, and by looking at him, thinking about him, and talking to him. 
So today we're going to do a little contemplation. We will walk with Jesus, Peter, James, and John in our imaginations, and we will meet with God in our inner being. In a few moments, I'll set the scene and we'll read through Jesus' transfiguration in a method of imaginative prayer taught in the 1500s by Luther's Spanish contemporary, Ignatius of Loyola, founder of the Jesuits. I will say, like everything, our prayer, whether spoken or silent, private or public, improves with practice. Do we learn to do anything worthwhile without practicing? So be easy on yourself. When your mind wanders, just bring it back. If doodling helps, doodle. Try not to judge your experience as good or bad. God is simply delighted when we come near to worship and pray. Spirit's gifts to you in this are truth and love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, and self-control, as always. Anything else is not from God. Now, let's set the scene. Jesus has been traveling around Judea, blessing the poor and poor in spirit, healing the ill and injured, speaking with and eating with, even touching lepers, women, tax collectors. He's run afoul of religious leaders by claiming God's own authority to accuse them of hypocritical double standards and rigid legalism. After feeding thousands, teaching, calming a storm, Jesus asked his disciples what they think. You are the anointed one, our Messiah, says Peter. And then Jesus horrifies his follower friends. He says their own religious leaders will have him arrested and killed. He also says he'll rise from the dead, but that's so crazy they can't even hear it. When Peter cries, no, Jesus rejects him, calls him Satan, tells the disciples they also have crosses to carry and lives to lose. Jesus and his friends are headed for heartbreak. How is your situation? How is our situation similar? Are you disappointed and distrustful of leaders in government, society, or church? Are you saddened or made skeptical by war, poverty, contention? I look around. I was struggling this morning. Is there something beautiful or heartbreaking going on in your family? Do you wonder, as I do, what is your cross to bear in this situation and what is not? What is it mine to let go of and let God carry? So if your heart is at all heavy or confused or your future uncertain, then you're ready, I think, to walk with Jesus and his friends. For this journey, settle yourself comfortably. Put your feet on the floor. Open your hands if you'd like. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath and then another. Jesus finds you with the rest of the disciples and it's morning. Hey you, he says. Peter, James, John. You, come with me. We're heading up there. I need some time alone. Imagine the mountain above you. It could be dry and dusty, Middle Eastern. It could be green with cedar and fir. Let your imagination set the scene. 
the Spirit will guide. Jesus leads down the trail, up the mountain. What's he wearing? Is he striding out? Going slow? How does the pace feel for you? Check your breathing. Look down at the trail. Is it rocky or dusty or damp? Hear the footsteps of your friends. Now, raise your head. Look around. Draw a deep breath. What do you smell? Take another full breath and feel the breeze on your face. Notice the temperature. Is it cool? Is it warm? Notice the sky. Notice the sun. As you walk, at first you and your companions are quiet. Then somebody asks, Jesus usually goes alone. I wonder why he wants us along today. Hmm. What are you wondering? What emotions do you feel? Are you proud that he brought you along? You excited to see what's coming? It's been a rough week. Do you speak to your friends or to Jesus? What do you say? It is a stiff climb. You're getting warm, (laughs) and along with your companions, you pause to shed a layer, and then you look up at the last steep pitch. With another deep breath, you get back to it, everyone crunching along step by step, muscles burning. Up ahead, Jesus tops out and disappears to the top. You follow to a broad open place, scattered with boulders and bushes. People have been here before. You toss your clothes over a rock and sit down. (sighs) Jesus walks past the campfire ring, puts his hands on his hips, and takes in the view. The sunshine feels good. You close your eyes. Something stirs you to look up at Jesus, and you're stunned. His face and clothes are unbearably bright. You squint against the light. Suddenly, two others stand with Jesus. In a moment, you recognize Moses. Moses? And Elijah. 
they talk with Jesus, but you can't hear them. What do you notice about their expressions? How are they moving with each other? Can you see Jesus' face? Peter strides toward Jesus. Teacher, it's good to be here. If it's okay with you, I'll put up three shelters here for you, Moses, and Elijah. As he speaks, a bright cloud swallows Jesus, Peter, and all of you in a damp, misty fog. A strong voice sounds out. It resounds throughout your body, your mind. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Your legs won't hold you. You're on your knees in the dirt, terrified, who knows for how long. Feel the ground beneath you. Feel your body full of fear. (sighs) Then a hand touches you raises you to your feet. Jesus says, get up. Don't be afraid. Looking up, you see Jesus alone. How does he look to you now? You dust yourself off. No one says a word. You gather your things and put them back on. Kind of chilled, clammy. The sun's back again, but the cloud's dampness lingers. As the four of you hike back down in silence, what are you thinking? What do you feel? As the trail nears town, Jesus stops and gathers the three of you, looks you each in the eye. Don't tell anyone about this until the Son of Man has risen from the dead. You look around at the others and see the questions in their eyes. And then Jesus turns and walks on back into town. And you follow. We'll come now slowly back into the sanctuary or wherever you are. Open your eyes as you're ready. Friends, we will each have had our own unique walk with Jesus, courtesy of our God-given imaginations, the scripture, and the spirit. Again, please set aside any judgments you might have about how well or not well you did. (laughs) Simply remember, notice what you noticed on your journey and give thanks for this time with God in the story. We'll ask these questions in, uh, in worship. Maybe we'll talk about them a little bit. How was that hill anyway? Did you breathe hard or not? If you have a neighbor or a companion with you as you're listening, tell them how that was.
What did you notice when Jesus was with Moses and Elijah? What was that bright moment like for you? What were their expressions? I imagine that Jesus was coming back, or he was, he was up on the top of that hill to gain energy for the road to the cross, right? Just as his baptism was a time to gain energy in the spirit um, with the voice of God and the same affirmation, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased um, for the ministry and the work that he was about to do. So from the, just as from the baptism into the wilderness and the work, now from the transfiguration to the road to Jerusalem and the Mount of Olives and Gethsemane, again with Peter, James, and John, and then up the hill to Calvary. Yeah. How was it when the cloud came for you? Were there bodily sensations in this whole journey for you that you noticed? How was the voice, the words of God? What was the terror like? Did you feel the ground as you fell face down? And where did Jesus touch you to raise you up? How did his words, get up, don't be afraid, strike you? How did they affect you? Is there anything about this experience that really helps the particular place in life that you are today, that gives you strength or comfort or courage for your own journey? It's clear that their time with Jesus changed the disciples. And still that our time with Jesus changes us. So I wonder, how did this experience, how is this experience changing you? And every experience of prayer and praise and worship. People in advertising... People in media know that whatever it is that we consume, <laughs> what we take in shapes us. When we take in the presence of Jesus, it changes us. And we become more like him. So it is that practicing the presence of Christ in quiet prayer for a time every day is a blessing that blesses others just be, that are beyond just us. Years later, as an old man, nearing death, he thought, Peter wrote, We didn't make up fables when we told you how Jesus came with power. Our own eyes saw him shine. Our own ears heard the voice of God's glorious cloud. And we have the prophetic word from his spirit. So tend these things like a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Tend these things, the encounter with Christ, the prophetic word of truth, 
There are 550 references to remembering in the Bible. Even more often than God says, don't be afraid, God tells us to remember. So today, remember your encounter with God in Christ through Scripture. This and every other. Tend such memories like a lamp shining in a dark place. Keep the wick trimmed and the flame steady. Tell your story. Journal it. Practice it. And keep coming back to the word of life in a practice of prayer to encounter the presence of God in Christ until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Amen. There are a few references you can look up for further work on prayer. From the 24-7 Prayer Project, How to Practice Christian Meditation is a practice in their tool shed that forms the basis for this work today. Henri Nouwen, The Prayer of the Beloved, is easy to find online as well. It'll be uh, linked in the show notes in my, in my sermon text. Also, we're working with a book at church in the prayer course called How to Pray, A Simple Guide for Normal People by Pete Grieg, who's one of the founders of 24-7 Prayer. And if you'd like to listen to John Michael Talbot sing his prayer for guidance, you can find that on YouTube very easily, just by searching his name and the title. Huh. Our prayer is that God would companion you today and every day, growing closer to and more like Jesus. Bye for now. Thank you.